message entitled Sweet Surrender. Now last week I uh, did a message entitled God Wants to Kill You. Uh, kind of a cute little title to get your attention. The reality is, is that God really isn't the one trying to do this. It's you need to do it willingly yourself. What am I talking about? Talking about dying to our selfish nature. Our sinful selfish nature that just wants what we want. And, and if that gets in the way of what God wants, you're not going to be in a good place. And Jesus, it's amazing how often the Bible talks about in the New Testament of our need to die, of our need to surrender, our need to give up our life, not physically, but uh, in, in that selfish part of us. Because it's, it's Christianity 101. Jesus said, you can't be my disciple if you don't do this. And uh, we read in Matthew, the 16th chapter, we're going to read it again this morning, where it says, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, He must deny himself and take up his cross, an instrument of death, and follow me. And he goes on to say, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Which is very unusual because everybody wants to save their life. Everybody wants what they want. I want it, I want, I want, I want, I want. But Jesus says, if you're not willing to lose that, you will lose what you really want. But he goes on to say, whoever loses his life for me will in fact find what you want. It's, it's, it's just a paradox. It's an interesting thing. Now, there is a, uh, a sweet surrender that happens when you finally let go of all the things you're trying to protect in your own life and let God truly bless you. And one of the main things it does is it silences fear in your life. You see, most of our fears kick in because we're trying to protect something so desperately that we want. Some of you, uh, you know, are, uh, experience all kinds of fears. And if you trace it back, it's because you're, you're afraid that something will be taken from you. Or you will lose something in some way or another. The problem with having that in your life is that it keeps God from moving in your life. For blessing your life. Not that he doesn't like you, it's just that God is really offended I don't think we get this. He's totally offended by our fear. And it will push him away from you. And you don't want that. You want God's blessing. You want God's power. You want God moving in your life. But if you're going to be afraid and you fear, it keeps God from moving. You you think, well, will that really happen? Yeah, it really will. A great example of that is when... uh, Peter and the disciples were were on the boat and uh, Jesus wasn't with them. They were just kind of hanging there because he told them to go ahead of them. And all of a sudden in the night they see Jesus walking on the water. And, you know, whoa, this is, this is pretty freaky. And Peter, God bless Peter, because he had, you know, he, he was a gambler. He wanted to get out there and try it out. He says, Lord, if it's you, call me to come out too. And Jesus said, come on. And the Bible says, Jesus Uh, that Peter actually walked on the water. He got out there and he was walking toward Jesus. Now this had to be quite the rush. I mean, how cool is that? To be walking on the water and experiencing something no one had ever experienced. No man, you know, uh, Jesus obviously was doing it, but no one else had ever done it. And he is doing now what Jesus is doing because Jesus called him. him so he's experiencing this and I bet you all the disciples are going wow that's really cool of course they weren't about to try it themselves chickens you know we're really behind you Peter we're so far behind you you can't see us but we're behind you there was and here he's doing this but the Bible says that it started dawning on his little brain that something was amiss 
I shouldn't be able to do this. And the Bible says that when Peter looked up and he saw the wind blowing and the waves crashing, then fear entered his heart. This is a normal thing, right? I mean, if I'm walking on the water, first of all, that's pretty freaky anyway. But if the wind's blowing and the waves are crashing, it's going to freak me out even more. And you would think, well, it's no big deal. But what happens right away? He starts to what? Sink. Immediately, the miracle power of God was withdrawn from him. And down he goes. Why? Because it just reeks. God just... (coughs) He can't stand being around fear. Even though he was in the middle of a miracle. By allowing fear to come in for his own life. He didn't want nobody wants to drown, right? It's freaking him out. Then all of a sudden the power of God leaves him. And down in the water he goes. And Jesus reaches up, pulls him out. And walks back to the boat with him. But uh, this is an important thing. that you keep Because fear says to God, I, I, I can't trust you. See, faith says, God, I totally trust you. God, I totally yield to you. God, I totally believe you will be there for me. This is faith. Fear says, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. And really, we have to be honest enough to admit when we have fears so we can get rid of them. We say, well, I'm trusting Jesus, but I'm really afraid this might happen. Or I'm afraid my kids will do this. Or I'm afraid of that. You know, and, and, uh, and I don't want to let go of this. And I don't want to let go of that. And it's all about me. And, and if you let fear speak louder than faith in your life, it will it'll keep you from accomplishing anything of significance in your life. The truth is, anybody who accomplishes anything in this world, forget faith for a minute, just life, are the people who are willing to do something in spite of their fears. Most people won't do it because they're afraid. But there are always those individuals who step out in spite of the fear and they move forward. We we see these stories, for example, in entrepreneurs who become extremely successful. Men and women who've gone on to build huge companies and earn millions of dollars and become some of the richest people in the world. These people's lives, it's great if, if, if you look at their stories, because they failed miserably for a long time. A lot of them. Failure after failure. Who was that guy that came from Australia once that one year we had him here? Peter Daniels. Remember his story? What, what, he'd lose millions of dollars about three, four times in a row? You know, I think the first time in a row would leave me enough for me. You know, millions. Ow. Owie, owie. Owie. He does it again. Millions. Loses it. Owie, owie, owie. He does it again. He does it. But he couldn't stop. Most people, that we won't do it. The minute we, we, we step out, if there's a chance that something might go wrong, we would rather run to, to the safety of what we know than to risk anything. Because we're so afraid of fear and afraid of failure. And these things limit us in life. Well, this is particularly... Now, whether or not you want to be an entrepreneur, that's, that's one thing. But you can't let fear hold you back in your Christian faith. Because it will keep God from blessing your life and moving in your life. Did God love Peter when he was walking on the water? Yes. Even when he was sinking, he loved him. (laughs) God will watch you and love you all the way into the water. Okay? But I don't want to sink in the water. I want to be lifted up. I want to be able to do what God's called me to do. And and the only way to get there is you've got to get rid of this uh, desire for everything that you want and be willing to surrender to him. Which is, the, which is the basis for true Christianity. Um, a, a few months ago, I, I preached this message to you about the three Hebrew children. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the fiery furnace? Remember, they said to the king, King, God will deliver us! 
But even if he doesn't, we don't care. And then they had this miracle. And in fact, they got the miracle because they were able to say, even if God doesn't do it, we don't care. Why? Because they completely surrendered. They realized, yes, we might die. Yes. Worst case scenario. Yes, we will become french fries. Yes, I get it. I don't care. Man, how do you get to that point? See, this is what God wants to do. That no matter what happens, you will stay surrendered in Him. Complete surrender, because complete surrender eliminates fear. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had this, this incredible miracle going through the fire and never even came out with so much as the smell of smoke, the Bible says, on, on their clothing. One thing you must know, the Holy Spirit, if you're going to follow God at all, if you're going to try and follow after Jesus in any way, the Holy Spirit will constantly be dealing with you to die to your selfishness. He'll always do that. The question really is not, must you die? The only question you must settle is, do I want to die slowly or do I want to die quickly? That's really what it boils down to. So many people choose a slow, painful death. I got to tell you, when death comes knocking on my door, I hope it's bada bing, bada boom. Quick, I'm in, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? I'm a girly man. I don't want pain. <laughs> but some people, they, 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 they choose to hang on and hang on and hang on. And as God leads them, if you look, you'll see their fingernails digging into the ground as they're fighting, fighting, fighting. And they die the slow, painful death to what they really want. And it makes them miserable. That's why so many Christians look like they've been baptized in prune juice, lemon juice, something. They're just snarling and... Rah, rah, rah. Why? Because you're so puking miserable, you won't let go. Die already. Surrender to Him. It's in total surrenders when God can move in your life. And in every major miracle that we've had in, in our lives, Deb and I, uh, over the last 35 plus years, it's always been in the context of complete surrender to Him. Be it uh, going through cancer, be it going through financial challenges, be it whatever it is. We've always lived in a place of, Lord, we trust you. We surrender to you. Now, we don't always get there right away. Actually, Debbie does better than I do, believe it. She, she, she's, she's just faith lady. I, I freak out initially. I have my 24 hours of, ah! and then I calm down. And I listen to the redhead. And I know what's, what's in my heart. And, uh. You know, oh goodness, there, there would be days when I, I was convinced the world was going to end. And we'd lay down to bed and I would tell her, the world is coming to an end. And she'd go, it'll be okay. And then she'd fall asleep. It would make me so mad. I wanted to slap her. We're going to die. What's the matter with you? But I knew she was right. Yes, yes, calm down, breathe. <laughs> and just, yes, Jesus, God, we trust you no matter what happens. Even if you don't come through the way we want, we will trust. And, and this wonderful surrender. And then peace comes. And that's when the miracles start happening. That's when God does wonderful things. Um, I was sharing in the earlier service. The story I want to share with you uh, uh, some uh, years ago. Actually, just a few years before we first came to Green Bay. Um, I was on a trip to uh, 
Indiana, somewhere in Indiana. I can't remember where it was at, middle of Indiana somewhere. And uh, because um, every once in a while I would get calls from churches and stuff to come and perform. You know, I'm a musician and they'd ask me to come do things for youth camps or whatever else like that. Uh, and I got a call from this one place that said, you know, would you come? We have, there's a fair in town. Would you come and perform for a couple hours at the fair? I said, really? Yeah, yeah. just come do your gospel thing, da-da-da. They must have heard one of my recordings or something. So, um, now, at the time, I was traveling with, with all these uh, synthesizers and stuff like that, kind of a one-man band kind of thing, and, and a live drummer. So it would be just a two-man thing. And, and at the time, it was quite, quite the novelty because, you know, synths and all that were, were pretty new. Uh, now, what I, at the time, I had my own business. I wasn't in ministry at the time. I uh, had gotten out of ministry because I just had failed miserably, you know, about, oh, this isn't for me. And, uh, and and just I, we stayed in, involved in the church, but I just didn't work in, in, as, as a pastor, and I had my own business for about 17 years until the Lord brought us back to ministry here in Green Bay, uh, and uh, the rest is you know the rest of the story. But anyway, um, so I had all this recording equipment because I, I used to write jingles for radio and television commercials. You know those little songs, you know, sing. And uh, uh, anyway. Um, so, but when I do these concerts, I would load all my equipment into a small trailer and we would go perform and then come back, put it back in the studio and, and do my thing. Well, so we go to uh, Indiana and uh, uh, we were, it was me and the drummer. We were using his truck and he had a, uh, what do you call it, one of those covered trucks? What do you call those things? Topper, a little topper on it. And of course that was just jam full of equipment and then we had this small U-Haul that we rented full of equipment. So we did the gig and then the next day uh, we uh, headed back to Wisconsin so coming out of Indiana and driving rather briskly I must admit uh, through through the Chicago area you know just the wild Puerto Rican behind the wheel and uh, uh, you know and uh, so we came out on the other side now the, the, because the topper was full of equipment you rear view mirror you couldn't see the trailer and because it was such a tiny trailer behind the truck you couldn't really see the trailer unless you kind of leaned just right on the, on the far mirrors and turned a little bit then you could see just the piece of the trailer anyway so we come through Chicago and uh, we're heading uh, you know coming up to Wisconsin when uh, Todd the drummer is looking in his mirror and says hey Mark I said yeah he says can you, uh, can you see the trailer I said man what are you, what are you talking about man he said, can you see the trailer? Of course I can see the trailer. What's the matter? I couldn't see the trailer. And I thought, what? what? It's got to be that I could pull over and uh, went behind the truck and, and no trailer. <laughs> there was nothing. There were no chains. There was no ball. It was like it never existed. I said, how is this possible? And, and then I freaked. I thought, oh my goodness, because I was driving like a bat out of you know where. And I was sitting, I thought, oh my goodness, the trailer must have come off while we were coming through Chicago and the trailer probably was spinning out of control and people were crashing and dying fiery deaths. And, just, ah! and they probably had all point bulletins out for Puerto Rican driving a truck too fast and where is he killed 150 people. And I just don't... Ah! We quick got back in the truck and we came up to the first exit and there was just happened to be a, a state uh, patrol office there. So I, we quick came in and, and I'm sure the guy must have thought I was a complete lunatic. But I was panicking. And we lost the trailer. I think we killed people. I don't know what happened. He's just calm down. So <laughs> and I'm picturing myself the next 20 years in prison, you know. And, just, and, uh, 
And uh, uh, so he gets on the radio and he calls to see if a bunch of people had gotten killed with a trailer. And uh, he checked it and he finally comes out and he says, well, sir, he says, we've checked. There, there's nothing, no reports of any accidents. Oh, thank you, God. And then I said, anybody report a trailer? <laughs> because we happen to be missing one. And uh, he says, no, there's no trailer, no nothing. I thought, well, isn't that freaky? But I was so glad not to have killed anybody. So anyway, we got in the, the truck and we're driving back, retracing our stuff. We're looking like crazy, trying to find, you know, marks or something. Where's the trailer in the woods or something? And uh, we, we kept going and kept going and kept going. And we eventually got all the way back to where we started. No sign of the trailer. And it completely disappeared. How does this happen? This is not happening to me. Of course it's happening. It always happens to me. <laughs> the drummer said man I feel like I'm stuck in one of your stupid stories <laughs> I said you are and we get back there and then oh, then it starts hitting me and I start freaking out good grief all my equipment is in the trailer all, every penny I had and still owed on was in that equipment that I was using to support my family and the fear that rushes in your heart and you think oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I am going to be dead in the water. And you know, and, and it's like the devil looks for opportunities like that. You know what I'm saying? And pretty soon all these doubts come whispering in your head and it's going to be awful and you're going to lose everything and the bank's going to repossess everything. And blah, blah, blah. And, and I just was freaking. And I just, I, I had to get alone to pray. And I just would just calm down. And, and I said, Lord, we lost the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I know you know where the trailer is. Could use some help here, you know. But but I knew what I had to do. I said, Lord, but you know what? I don't care. If we never find the trailer, if all that stuff is gone, we will be fine because I know you love me. And and it's just this dying to self and trusting Him. And it's like weights get lifted off your shoulder and, and, and then you can still smile and you can be happy you know people look at me sometimes when, when things are going horribly in my life and they see me smiling say, how can you smile because I'm dead I'm dead I don't got to worry about anything seriously you have the joy that comes from this just to let go so, but I don't know what's going to happen that's the point just let go you don't know what's going to happen trust God so we hop back in the truck and we drive home. No trailer, nothing, nada. We can't see anything. And uh, but but now instead of panic, I've just got this peace in my heart because I know it doesn't matter. I don't care if I see the trailer anymore, because God will. I ask God to help us find a trailer, but I don't care anymore. And uh, you know, then, then, I, then I thought, oh wait a minute, everything's insured. We got insurance on the trailer. Oh thank God. So we quick pull out the insurance papers and we look. Insurance. Yep, 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 yep. Except in the case of mysterious disappearance. This could not have been more mysterious. Where'd you lose the trailer? We don't know. Did anybody see it? No. Anybody report it? No. Yeah, they're going to buy that, right? So, so I thought, well, you know, it's just, it is what it is. So we, we get home, and uh, as I pull into the driveway, my, my lovely wife comes out, and she's great. She, you know, she knew the implications. Was she freaking? Not in the least. She was giggling about it when I talked to her on the phone. You know, so like, well, stop that. But she just, she just knows it'll be okay. It will be okay. So I pull in the driveway. She comes running out and says, guess what? I said, what? Somebody called. They found your trailer. I said, this is amazing. She says, yeah, but they want $2,000 before they'll give it back to you. 
are holding my trailer ransom. I said, how is this possible? She said, anyway, they said that you, they were driving along and you went flying past them. When the trailer pops off the back and goes careening down the road at 60 plus miles an hour. And they said it was amazing. It stayed straight. And it came over and it parked right on the side of the highway. These guys, these crooks, were amazed. That was the most amazing thing we ever saw. I knew, I knew angels were watching over me. Actually, I knew angels were writing that thing going, Yeehaw! <laughs> Let's do it again! You know, the angels, the angels get a workout when they travel with me. So anyway, so there was part, he says, and we, what, you just drove away? And, and we waited for you to come back. You never came back. And then we opened up and we saw all that expensive equipment in there. And if you want it, it'll cost you 2000 bucks. So then they hang up. And so I called the cops. I said, what do we do? He said, well, so we talked to some police in, in Illinois. I said, uh, well, I'll tell you what, set up a meeting with them and we'll set up a sting and we'll nab them. And, uh, <laughs> Miami Vice. <laughs> More like Wisconsin girly man, but uh, so 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 we called these guys. Okay, we'll give you the two thousand dollars. Just set everything. Else. Okay, so we'll meet south side of Chicago at this truck stop. So well, how will you know it's me? So well, wear a real bright Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> so I said okay. So so we got there. We met with the cops and they had everything all set up and stuff. And uh, and they said okay. So when we find the stuff, then we'll move in and grab them. And he says, if there's any shooting, just duck. mentioned shooting I mean oh I just kept saying to myself how bad can it hurt to get shot how bad can it hurt to get shot it can't be that bad well you're just dead right so so here I am at this truck stop in the south side of Chicago with this real loud Hawaiian t-shirt just, you know now, first of all I don't look like much of a trucker kind of a guy you know I think I would have stood out anyway much less with a e e e fluorescent shirts and Finally, this guy comes up and says, are you Mark? <laughs> How could you tell? You know. And uh, it's all right, follow us. We got, we got all your equipment. So we take off and the cops start following along and, and da 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 and, and we finally pull over to this, this place. We had to cross the state line into Indiana and uh, went over and these guys are showing us, here's the equipment. And, uh, and I go, oh, yes, that's it. And out of the corner of my eye, I could see these cops coming with their guns pulled. And I'm going... Okay. <laughs> and then they jump on these guys and they and they get them and they arrest them and they handcuff them and stuff like that. And uh, and uh, we're driving back to the police station. I'm sitting in the back with these guys in handcuffs. And I thought, you know, I'll witness to these guys. Why not? What can they do? Uh, they were a, a captive audience, so I, I talked to them about the love of God for a while, but I don't think they were real interested. But uh, <laughs> I never heard from them again. But anyway... Uh, so we get, and then we looked, and there was the trailer. And there's all the equipment. We didn't lose, this is two weeks later, south side of Chicago, all this equipment. We did not lose one single piece of equipment, not a penny lost. And we got every bit of it back. Wow, it's cool. And you know what? We celebrated. But I've got to tell you, we celebrated before it happened. We celebrated when we thought we'd never get it again. 
See, it's, it's when in that surrender, that's when God can do things for your life. See, what happens with a lot of people? Some of you, I know, the minute something go wrong, you'd have gotten mad. You'd have gotten mad at God. God, why'd you let that happen? God said, I don't know if it happened. You're an idiot. You didn't check the trailer. <laughs> God doesn't run around doing all this stuff. It's not even the devil half the time. It's you. Most of the stuff I get trouble into is El Stupido. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm a moron. I do stupid stuff. I get myself in trouble. God pulls me out. But you can only get there if you just trust him. Surrender to him. Quit hanging to everything so tightly in your life. It's through this wonderful, sweet surrender that God can start to bless and move in your life. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward and get ready to serve communion this morning. And our musicians can come and get ready. Uh, Peter and Lily can go down to the other side. You guys are going to go down to the cafe uh, to help with some music down there at the end. But... uh, um, The real question this morning, as last week when I was talking about this, is this. Have you surrendered? Have you surrendered? And, and, uh, you know, I know some of you, you say, well, you know, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But you know what you're you're saying is you're, you're choosing to die slowly. And it's very painful. You say, it's hard. It is hard. It is hard. But just let the Holy Spirit speak to you this morning. Just let go. What's the worst thing that can happen to you? The very worst thing that can happen to you is you physically get killed and go to heaven. How horrible is that? Quit letting all the fears and insecure. Well, I'm afraid I might fail. So you fail. It's not the end of the world. If you're constantly afraid of that, it will control your life. Well, I'm afraid something might go wrong. Things go wrong all the time. Quit living and worrying about things that haven't happened, may never happen. Truth is, I know a lot of you, I love you too, but you spend an inordinate amount of time worrying about things that have never happened and probably will never happen. But yet you worry, you burn energy. (sighs) Die already. Trust God, He loves you. If you will surrender to Him, He will fight your battles for you. He will do the miracles. He will turn the things around. The Bible says God has a way of making all things work together for his good. Some people think that means God's making everything happen. No, he's not. The trailer, that was stupid. We didn't check the trains and the ball and everything else. And whee, away it goes. Okay? Not everything that happens is God. Not everything that happens is the devil chasing you. Just stuff happens. It's life. It always happens. But God has a way of making stuff work together for good to those who are surrendered. Are you surrendered? You say, things aren't working out for me. Surrender. Trust Him. Find that joyful place of, oh Lord, I I just don't care. Whatever happens to me. I trust you. Jesus said this. He said, I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. That's where a lot of people are. They're just single seeds. You ever feel like that? All by yourself. All alone. God's a million miles away. Nobody cares. The seed that refuses to die will never give life. But if it'll just give up already... Life bursts out of the seed and brings many seeds.
We must surrender to Jesus. We must make him truly Lord if we're going to experience his grace and salvation in our lives. I'd like us all to bow our heads as we get ready to have our time of communion this morning. And I'm going to invite you all to pray a prayer along with me. We always do this on Sunday morning. It's not that you need to get saved every Sunday. It's just that we pray this out loud for people who maybe are taking the very first step. But if you've never truly surrendered your heart to Jesus, as we pray this prayer, I'm going to invite you to join with us and just let go. Surrender to Him. And His forgiveness and His grace will rush into your life. Let's pray this together. Say, Dear Jesus... I believe you are the Son of God. That you loved me so much. You went to the cross. And took my punishment. I ask you to come into my heart. And to forgive me of my sins. And I surrender my life to you right now. 